When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be back with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as uh, it is uh, it is <laughs> Schmidt in quarantine uh, is, is where I'm at. Big uh, virtual hug to Elijah Herbal. He's not a hugger. Uh, Will Wilson, uh, Connor Clark for picking me up last week. I uh, got hit with the uh, the old COVID and uh, we are we are punching back at this thing. Numbers to get in, four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email Chris at hailvarsity dot com, and uh, can always find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and uh, just getting a text from Cranack. Asking if I'm still alive. Yes, still here and uh, ready to go. It is Purdue week. Now, joining the Big Ten, it was always Purdue week. But the way the last few seasons have gone with Nebraska against Jeff Brom, it's uh, don't screw it up. Come back refreshed and ready to go from the bye week. And let's keep this season alive. On the show today, we'll check in with Blackshirt Husker NFLer. And uh, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up, Jay Moore, with us. It's been a long time since we talked with Bird, as uh, he was out on um, uh, he was out on the, the the cod. He was out on Cape Cod doing some uh, some amateur uh, nationals for golf that could have got him to Augusta. So Jay Moore, number forty-four, coming up uh, in just a bit. We'll check in with Mister Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, in hour two. And uh, we'll do that right at 5. And uh, Derek Peterson with Hale Varsity. Really good uh, column for Dr. Petey. And uh, Vic chimes in. Great to hear you back. Uh, hold on a sec. We're getting an echo. Okay. So no, let no, me that, that, That's not right now. That's better only, for you? One that, more time, Elijah. That's only if we, uh, if we were to play presser cuts off here. We'd be getting an echo. But we're better now. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. We will have full frost today. We'll have plenty of... Adrian Martinez, and of course the mayor and company, uh, Coach Hoiberg in Nebraska basketball. Their exhibition gets rocking on Wednesday against Peru State. And then the Buffs, or as Coach McBride calls them, the Puffs, come in on Sunday for a couple of exhibitions before things get rolling. Elijah, what's up with you? How was the weekend? You had a little camp and excursion? Yeah, I, I did indeed. I got out to uh, Wabonzi State Park right in the border of uh, Nebraska and Iowa and the, uh, I, I believe it's the Luss Hills, I believe is how it's pronounced. So uh, some good hiking, got to see some good fall colors. Uh, kind of just got to get away from it all. And then on Sunday morning, I got to get soaked. So 
uh, it all worked out. It, it did. It got uh, all sorts of wet here in eastern Nebraska. So, a lot to get to with, with Nebraska here. And, you know, there's just certain things we look at with this football team. And we'll get into to this with, with Derek Peterson, with Dr. Petey. Just with Saturday's, and I, this narrative's been, uh, it's been accruing interest, right? It's been compounding interest each week, each weekend. It's been bigger, it's been better, it's been built up, it's been hyped, it's been can't lose, must win. And that's just how this season, how intense this season has felt, Elijah, where, uh, and, and you're down to it, man. It's It's really... And I'll put this in terms you get because you're finishing your undergrad. And, and there's been instances in the history of college students where you better nail your, your midterm or your final if you want to walk. And, and that's kind of the feel with Nebraska and, and bowl eligibility. Now, Nebraska fans right now are at a point where, as you look at the schedule, you can talk yourself into going 3-1. and one. You can talk yourself real easy out of going three and one, two and two, one and three. I mean, it, 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 it's there's just you know choose your own adventure here. But you're going to look back at 2021 if this team, if this collection of super seniors, uh, if they don't get to go bowling, you're going to you're, you're going to point back and just and go man the the what ifs of the season, and that's kind of been the storyline. And I'm anxious to see Saturday. And listen, I don't know. I think I have a feel or I think I have a good finger on what what Nebraska should show up coming off of a bye week. Okay. I have no I, earthly idea what, what Purdue team is going to show up. Am I going to see Iowa-Purdue where Iowa's got a good pass rush, Iowa takes care of the football, Iowa – holds on to the football and when when it came down to it they had no answer for bell <laughs> okay uh, so or am i going to see this purdue team that just absolutely uh messed the bed with this three quarterback setup uh, against a, a wisconsin team that all of a sudden looks like they could be in 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 for a stretch run for the west so does minnesota uh, and then you can't count out iowa even though they had their wake-up call. It was a crazy weekend. That's all I did. I sat in my basement with my dogs, and I watched football. And I watched Kansas and Coach Leopold give a very disinterested Oklahoma team all they wanted until Oklahoma woke up. I saw Alabama sleepwalk against their rival, and they still blew out Tennessee, and Tennessee was, was within a touchdown most of that game until the levee broke. And so, you know, Nebraska's outing against Minnesota, as bad as it stings, as bad as it ticks you off, uh, it happens in college football. You've just seen instances of where an Oklahoma or an Alabama are so far above and beyond. They can play a D-plus game and still win by double digits. Nebraska's not in that instance. I think Nebraska has had a chance, first and foremost, to... uh, Coach Frost has touched about touched on resetting Elijah. I think they actually got to do that. Uh, I know there was some talk at the presser today about uh, a meeting Sunday night last night by by some by the football team to really kind of hone in and get going. 
and you've got a bunch of super seniors that that will sell out and give it their all here, their final four for Nebraska. You have some other question marks about guys uh, like Adrian Martinez who have been so valuable uh, to the football team and so uh, so exciting, but also. Uh, it's not gone absolutely perfect when we talk about some missteps and some turnovers. And then you have kind of the next wave, Elijah. You've got guys like a Turner Corcoran, Ty Robinson. Those guys are bedrocks for what happens after these final four. First and first foremost is, is Purdue. I, I have no doubt the team gets that. But what can happen Saturday is any any remnants of, of a Minnesota-type effort or focus uh, this Saturday at 2.30 on ESPN2. I, I heard the term urgency a lot, and, and I tend to believe that the kids are in the right mind frame. They're, they're rested up. I think you're going to see a, a better Adrian. We'll hear from him in a moment, but when he's limited, it limits the offense. He still gives you a chance to win clearly, but when he's not at his best, the offense is off, and, and that was part of your recipe for disaster against Minnesota. Yeah, and one of the things we talked about on the show last week, Will and I did, and I think Connor and I did as well, was just that this Husker team's got their work cut out for them over the last four weeks of the season. You know what you have to do. You have to go 3-1 and one to be bowl eligible. And I think based on your body of work so far this season, uh, you should have some confidence in yourself that you're going to be in a chance, uh, you'll be giving yourself a chance to win at least three of these four games based on how you've played against some top 15, top 10 level teams uh, that have been on your schedule so far. You know what you have to do, uh, and you probably have confidence in yourself that you can go and get the job done it just comes down to going out there executing bringing the juice and really treating this like a like a professional uh just in terms of uh seeing the work that's ahead of you and getting your work done and putting in a good effort on saturday uh we saw what a bad effort on saturday looks like uh, in the first week of the season against illinois which wasn't necessarily a bad effort from the team but maybe a bad effort from the coaching staff in terms of game plan and then we saw what a bad effort from the team looks like against minnesota uh where they were getting down in the red zone and they couldn't go in and finish they, they just didn't have the uh, the juice when it mattered uh, especially in the first half. So you know what you need to do. Uh, you need to go out and do it now. Well, we talk about evaluation, and, and that's what the, the bye week was, on top of putting your feet up a little bit and get the, the bruises to heal and the uh, the ankles to, to rest up, to, to get back to closer to 100%. When we talk about evaluation of this team, this team has played well enough to, to be in, in a good bowl game. Now, their record barring a miracle will will be at six and six right i mean they they could hypothetically win out and and be a seven and five team they played well enough when the dust settles at the end of 2021 you're going to have a minnesota or an iowa team that, that will probably and will throw wisconsin in there as well represent the west that'll be a a nine win maybe fringe 10 win football team when you look at Minnesota's remaining schedule, they have an absolute opportunity to, to to take care of business and end up with nine or ten wins with a bowl win. Does Iowa stay focused after their misstep and get to a Big Ten title game? Their game at Northwestern's always been a bugaboo, a lot like that Purdue matchup. And Wisconsin seems to be hitting their stride. They are just absolutely fierce with their pressure. Uh, that's a conversation for another Saturday in about three weeks. So we'll leave the Badgers off to the side. But, man, they looked a lot different, that they're getting better. 
And, and you've seen that with a number of teams. Northwestern's getting better. You've got a classic tilt with Michigan, Michigan State this weekend. Nebraska right there with both of those games. Oklahoma still clearly the class of the Big 12. And Oklahoma can stay unbeaten. Now, Iowa State looms for them. Oklahoma State looms for them. They've got a tough finish as well. But when we talk about Nebraska and and their their margin of losses with who they've lost to, it, it just hurts. And we knew the schedule was going to be extremely difficult. Nebraska's weathered the schedule well. The thing that's been maddening is that you've dropped a couple of games, air quote, you, you should win because you were the favorite and you're Nebraska and you're supposed to be the better team. It's going to come down to the Minnesota and Illinois uh, ball games where the rest of these have been deemed coin flips and you've been you've been right there. I look at uh, a couple of things as Nebraska tries to to close out and and where I have seen progress and you're going to need to see progress on the scoreboard these final four. Get it done. This isn't a referendum or a call for change uh, as we talk here towards the end of October, but I think You've seen this team make jumps. Think of the mile markers, right, uh, from from where you were at, Oklahoma to Michigan, and then you, you get Purdue this weekend, take care of business. And then a month after Michigan, how do you handle business at home where you've been good against Purdue? And then how do you kind of bookend things with with Ohio State right there? I mean, you look at these month-long mile markers, all right, Illinois to Oklahoma, Oklahoma to Michigan, Michigan to Ohio State. And can you can you get close to 500 uh, knowing that you're, you're up against it with uh, Buckeyes that are a, a far cry uh, different football team from from what, where they started defensively to, to now just annihilating people, just absolutely crushing people. It's going to be a tall task, but uh, first things first, you handle Purdue. And with Nebraska, it's going to come down to, to protection. It's going to come down to pressure. It's going to come down to turnovers. And it's going to come down to red zone. And, and that that's just it. And we saw how big of a nightmare the red zone is in the Big Ten in full Monty form with nine overtimes in Illinois and Penn State where everyone's got a two-point play that nobody can execute because it's so condensed and you can't just either you don't want to or you don't trust it or you were fearful of, of the result where you just line it up and you ground and pound it. Elijah, it is uh, a, 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 a funny situation, man, where it's 2021 and I get spreading out defenses but when push comes to shove, nobody wants to line up and just try and play smash mouth because fullbacks are endangered species. Well, first things first, uh, this is also a conversation for another day, but that new overtime rule is terrible. It's garbage. I was I was out camping, uh, as I said, and I literally I saw the score come up on my phone. It was like late in the game between Illinois and Penn State, and I'm like, I'm getting in the car, and I am driving to, so I can get better reception where I can stream this game on my phone. <laughs> and I went and streamed the last couple overtimes, and I was super like confused. Never-ending. Because I, we were in the fourth overtime, and I am like, why on earth uh, – are they just running two pointers at each other? I'm like, oh yeah, there was that rule change, wasn't that? Was terrible. Uh, but we saw the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night against my Broncos show how valuable it can be to have a fullback uh, in your system. And 
I mean, could Nebraska have that guy in uh, in Jacquez Yanton down on the goal line who can just power forward for four yards, get, knock a guy out of the way, and uh, and uh, give your running back a, yes. a, a path to the end zone? You, you would you would hope so, you would think so, but I don't think Nebraska is going to use that. I, I think uh, the college football game has kind of evolved past that point when you look at the fact that I mean, Cleveland starting fullback. Uh, we saw him here at Nebraska. He was a quarterback in college. Uh, fullbacks just uh, are not popular we'll say that in college football well cleveland's got i mean they got jano on 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 the sideline and then they've got uh of course johnny stanton let's talk about progress coach frost was asked about it and uh, touched on it here uh earlier today at the press conference plenty more from coach frost and hoiberg and and adrian but uh progress uh, one of the words of the day today you know we beat ourselves up pretty bad we, we've come up you know just an inch short too many times um but when i look at it the the progress is obvious that the team's playing hard we're playing more physical we're bigger faster stronger um there's some areas we need to fix uh but i I think people are recognizing the the type of team we have and the level we're playing at and it's up it's up to us to make the the plays when it counts to get it over the hump that's a debatable topic as far as if progress is obvious i i think it is they look better but they need to be better in the win column. Same story. They get another crack Saturday. Jay Moore's next. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you on a Monday, it's Hale City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. I am in Junior's uh, room, and I am a horrible parent. This place looks like a nuke went off, and uh, I should probably pay more attention to my son. We uh, welcome in uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore and co-host of Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay Bird, been a while, brother. How are you? Good, Schmidt. How you doing, brother? I'm uh, I'm hanging in. I'm 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 quarantined down. I'm hunkered down. I'm bunkered down. And you know you know how dirty Junior is. I'll send you a picture here of the particulars. Uh, don't let don't let your little guy turn into my little guy with uh, uh, poor hygiene. I mean we we got stuff just in the corners, uh, and uh, we've got we've got papers everywhere. And I don't know, man. This is uh, this is quite an embarrassment. That's good. Hey, but uh, at least you're, uh, you know, you could be multitasking. You do a radio show, then then clean up, and then charge him a fee. You could charge him for cleaning his room. See, it, money. he's been he's been upstairs. I've been like exiled to the basement, and so we have this spare room, and it's got our our outdoor TV inside with like a a plant that's either fake or real. I don't know, and and a chair. And and I, I peek in there, and he's got, like, dirty dishes from three days worth just sitting around, and I just, I just lost it on him. Man, it's, it's uh, I'm, yeah, it's on me. So uh, there, there's somewhat of a tie between Nebraska football, dirty dishes, and, and picking up after yourself, but we won't get too deep into things. I want to get your take on, on Purdue. And really, just what your feel is for this Nebraska football team coming out of a bye week? Yeah, tell you what, my feel—I don't have a great feel right now after last week's performance, or I guess you could say almost two weeks uh, ago when they played Minnesota. You know, you you thought they were kind of, 
you're obviously heading in the right direction. Obviously, the close losses, and you know, you can. And most people could tell that this team has was showing progress and and doing a lot of good things. But then you kind of, you know, you have about the same performance as you had when you you know you go up and you played Illinois in game one. So you're you're questioning, you know, what happened, you know, between. You know the, the the mission game and the Minnesota game. Obviously, I know that uh, you know fatigue had a little bit to do with it, and a lot of close losses. And you know that, that's uh, that can wear on you. That can wear on a club. And then you know then you have Minnesota coming off a bye, and they get two weeks to prepare. So it wasn't it wasn't the best of situations. But I, I don't think this team is. You know, I'm not trying to make any excuses for for this program because I, I I think in year four, you know, and and having all these close these close losses and. And, and some some decent wins, you know, I, they they just can't use, you know, the, the excuses are kind of out the door for me. So where where I'm at right now with with this team is, you know, you you're you're playing a team uh, coming up here, and I think they're a, the Nebraska is a seven point favorite, mm-hmm. surprisingly, uh, at home. But uh, you know, a team that just knocked off the number two team in the nation two weeks ago in, in Iowa. Now, how you know, I think Iowa was, you know, was kind of on a heater with, you know, with how well their defense was performing. Their offense was is not very good, and uh, I think you know, Purdue just kind of caught them at the right time. Then you then they play a team in Wisconsin, and you know, Wisconsin, you know, handles them easily at home, and that's just that's kind of been Purdue's, you know, football, and it's kind of you know, like Nebraska, you know, you don't you don't know, not totally sure what you're going to get from week to week, so. It's gonna be interesting to see where their heads are at. You know, in the bye week, they got some they got some good rest. You know, it sounds like Adrian is healthy. Uh, in you know, don't know how serious his injuries were uh, against Minnesota, but obviously it was to some extent to where, you know, he wasn't able to kind of tuck the ball and run it like we've seen him do many many times and and get Nebraska out of a jam. So, I think you know, this is we're in a very very interesting situation with, with four games to go. You know, they're three and five. You know, can they? They could go easily go three and nine or or six and six, in, in my opinion. So, this is this is uh, I can't really get a feel for them. That's just mm-hmm. it, it can go extreme. I think it's extreme one way or the other. This is, but I, I feel like the 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 bye week is coming was coming at a good time. Uh, get their minds right, get their heads cleared up, get get some much needed rest. And I, you know, I I think they'll come out and play some solid football and much. You know. I think you'll probably see them play closer to what you saw against, you know, Northwestern and Michigan than you, than you saw Minnesota. Jay Moore is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Jay, you look at the spread, Huskers favored by seven, and I'm not great at math, but even I can see that that's a one-score game uh, where the Huskers have really struggled in the past three years has been in one-score games. Uh, so what do the Huskers have to do uh, to be able to get over the hump, uh, assuming that this is a close game against Purdue on Saturday? Yeah, they have to get off a good start. I think and you've seen these games in the past, you know, or this year, you know, you saw, you know, you look back at the Northwestern game, you know, boom, they score in about three, three or four plays, you know, even even in some of their close losses, they got off some some decent starts, you know, all of a sudden when, you know, against Minnesota, they go a quick three and out, and and then Minnesota boom drives down the field and scores. You're like, oh boy, you know, you can kind of get a feel for it. So obviously, get up to a good start, uh, you know, keep keep uh, Purdue, keep you know. Slow down their momentum. You know they got a, they got a really good defensive end. You know I don't know if he's quite as good as Hutchinson from uh, from uh, Michigan, but he'll probably be another first round draft pick that Purdue has on the defensive line. Just seems like that's they have about one come out of there that's first round pick, but ever the year. So um, you know just just get up to that good start. Slow down slow down their momentum. 
you know, slow down their their offense and and see what happens. You know, they're playing what two or three quarterbacks it seems this year, so kind of you don't know exactly what you're going to see from from uh, series to series. But if the Nebraska just got to get off to a good start, they're just they got to seize the momentum, and, and I think they can do that. I think they'll be okay on Saturday. Jay Moore's with us, uh, Big Red uh, wrap up co-host, uh, Blackshirt Oscar NFLer. Uh, joining us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, do you get a, a read at all on Adrian? I know we'll hear from him in a little bit on on his future, and uh, good for him. He, he's not looking past Purdue. Uh, it's it's you know Monday. It's not you know fourth year junior. What am I going to do? But if you're Nebraska, what's what's best for Nebraska? A fifth year of Adrian, a change of scenery for Adrian, where maybe he's got a spot and a place that maybe he can have a Russell Wilson-type senior year. Have you thought about that much, uh, Adrian's future? Yeah, a little bit. We've, I've had some discussions with people, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, some people are in the ballpark like, hey, let's, let's get another guy in here and, and see what he can do. And then there's, there's some people like, man, he, you know, he is a really good quarterback. He's just not very clutch and can't get the deal done sometimes. And then – and then you have, you know, people are like, man, this this guy is, you know, once in a, you know, decade type of talent that we have coming in here. You know, we'd love to see to keep him around. I, I don't know. I think I think the NIL will will definitely play in for him. You know, I, I, can he go and and make good money? You know, at a I don't know at another Power Five school, like unlike the I don't know. It'd have to it'd have to be pretty a you know a pretty high program that. Uh, you know, I just don't see him, you know, transferring to a to a school like a Clemson or an Alabama or I don't know, you just a school that you know might have a decent amount of you know uh, endorsements coming in for this new NIL. So it's it's tough. It, it really is tough, you know. And I mean, not it's not a knock to to Logan Smothers or to Heinrich Harburg or you know whoever Matt Masker these these backup quarterbacks, but. I think Adrian's really, really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get him behind another, you know, uh, more experienced offensive line. I just, you know, the knock on Adrian is he just he can't seal the deal. Just like, you know, whether it's him or this, this team, you know, that's – is this – I don't know if Adrian has the clutch gene or not. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, that whether that can be blamed on Adrian or not or that can be blamed on the kicker or the punter or whoever it may be. But uh, I, I still think he's a hell of a, a quarterback. And obviously by far the best one we have – currently on the roster so I, I would be happy if he wants to come back for 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 a fifth year that would be great you know i just don't think the nfl is a great future for him i don't i don't know if that's i don't know if he'd get drafted right now to be honest to in the nfl I'm not saying that he can't he can't play i just don't think he's a first you know for sure nfl draft pick I, he, his game might be more suited towards like the canadian league to be honest so i just i just don't know if that's that's a total option for him you know, maybe if Nebraska was more successful and, and maybe they're, you know, six and, you know, two or whatever and they're ranked in the top 25, maybe it's a whole different conversation about aging going to the NFL. But the fact that he hasn't had a winning season since he's played here, that, that doesn't fare well when scouts look at him. You know, I know they're all about potential, but, you know, it comes down to being able to win football games and be a part of a winning culture. That's what you want. And uh, you know that's that's that has def- that's definitely been far from the case. But I, I still I would I would take him. I would for sure take him as as a fifth year guy. Let uh, Harbor get some more time and whoever they have coming in and then over uh, in uh, the commit uh, to out of that QB room, give him more time to to uh, you know develop and uh, and kind of see what happens. 
It'd be interesting to see Adrian behind a better, more experienced offensive line. Uh, you've got potential talent on that O line, but they're just not. They're not, you know, third year, <laughs> you know, uh, right. graybeards there. Or you know, you haven't found a. You've kind of settled on a running back, which is nice, but it's it's been a work in progress. And we know about Betts and Manning. You know, their grasp of the offense. Uh, Austin Allen's had a, a great run, so we don't know if he's back. But you know, you you could uh, you could be better around him in this final year. Jay, a, a thought here before we say goodbye on your old roommate Zach Taylor. Uh, mm-hmm. Tough tough gig uh, in Cincy. He got Joe, and uh, they made a statement yesterday in Baltimore against the Ravens. Did you have a chance to check in on that game? And, and really, what are your thoughts here, year three for for old ZT, uh, your roomie? Yeah, 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 I, I did. We uh, I had a, we had to go to a local establishment to, to watch it. But uh, <laughs> I tell you what, it was, an, it, was an, it was an impressive, it was an impressive win. I mean, that was, I think they were, you know, dang near a, a touchdown underdog in Baltimore. And they've been playing really good football this year. You know, they, they should have beat the Packers. In all those in overtime uh, just a couple weeks ago, but all of a sudden they find themselves at four or two or five and two, and they're leading the AFC North, and they look like they could be. You know, Baltimore is still really good, and uh, you know, Cincinnati has a, still has a tough schedule the second half of the season, but uh, just impressive what he's able to do. You know, I think he caught him and his staff probably caught some heat for taking Chase in the first round. I think uh, you know they wanted to see some offensive line you know draft picks to help protect Burrow. But I tell you what, what Chase is able to do, what he's done uh, this year, you know, by far, if everything, if he stays healthy, he'll be the rookie of the year, no doubt. Uh, you know, that's that very similar connection and camaraderie there with Burrow and Chase from the LSU days. So that helps. And he's, he's building it, man. That's just, that's, that's, uh, it's awesome to see. So happy for him. Uh, such a good guy, such a great family man for her, you know, himself and, and Sarah to be in this situation. So. It's uh, it's fun to watch, and I try to watch when I can. You know, well, usually it's rare to get the Bengals game on unless they're playing the Chiefs or the Packers or the Vikings or the Bears around here. So mm. if I can't get it on the local, I'm, I'm definitely going to a local establishment and having a couple cold ones watching watching ZT and, and the Bengals take care of business. So hopefully keep it going because uh, he's got a he's got a nice thing going right now. Jay, awesome stuff. We'll uh, see you soon, bud. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Jay Moore, Black Shirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. And it was an interesting NFL weekend with Cincinnati doing their, their signature win thing, and that's so awesome for Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Uh, you have the Chiefs continue to just look unchampion-like, which was nuts. You had the monsoon in Frisco, <laughs> but uh, that's all I did, man. Just uh, hunkered down with a blanket and watched football all weekend. Numbers to get in: four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven seventy six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. We will be at the Single Barrel on Friday. For a road show Friday uh, inside the graduate, can't wait to get back on the road and, uh, and you know, out of this quarantine here by Thursday, which is nice. 
So uh, come on by and, and get yourself a thick, juicy steak or a pork chop, over 250 whiskeys. Uh, that will do, right? Uh, and I know it's uh, it's Boilermaker Saturday, so uh, that means uh, a shot and a beer for, for some of you. Uh, we will uh, be inundated with Halloween and, and spooky stories come Wednesday. Elijah, our friend, just RSVP'd the pirate Mike Leach is in. So that'll be uh, pretty exciting to, to catch up with. Did you ever hear the story about the pirate? And uh, the time he, well, he made sure he got the haunted room in the Hollywood Hotel. I have not heard this story. It's somewhere in in the files where the pirate talks about either threatening to sleep on their couch or give me the haunted room. <laughs> well, did you see his uh, his post game uh, interview the other day? I, I did, and we've we've talked about candy corn a lot. We'll we'll hear from the pirate here in a second. Uh, specifically on that, but are you yay or nay on, on candy corn? I don't hate it, but it's got to be with peanuts. I I don't dislike candy corn. Uh, I don't like candy corn. It's one of those things I I put up with in the fall because it's... uh, It's part of the deal. Exactly. It's part of the deal. Uh, However, he is spot on the money with uh, the new Nerds gummy clusters. He talked about those. Uh, Those things are incredible. He's a big gummy guy. The the Nerds gummy clusters might be the best candy on the market right now. Those things go... they're, They're just stupid good. Okay, well, let's hear from the Pirate, his post game. They just absolutely dismantle Vanderbilt. They've got Wandale Robinson in Kentucky this weekend on the road. Here's Leach when it comes oh, to Halloween candy. Uh, uh, I lost it. I need to find it again. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, when it comes to, to Halloween candy and, and all that, we will have more. Do you want to do Pirate next hour? Oh, we can, or I should have it here in a second. You got it? Okay. So the the, 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 the Mike Leach heard around the world, and, and that's the beauty of the pirate. Here we go. Uh, he hates, he gets like serious. Uh, when we talk to him, he gets a serious look in his eye in this interview when it goes to the depths of hatred for candy corn. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Candy corn. I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Uh, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, Gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? The, the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the, the uh, sprees in a box. Outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but uh, um, the, uh, you know, they have those nerds clusters, which is new. The gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we got another top, top, top ten showdown. We'll we'll see if we get any candy. Have Salted you, nut rolls, man. Have you had those nerds gummy clusters? No. Oh, I, I need I need to drop my... them off or something. They're oh. They are they're phenomenal. They're life changing. I'd even say that it's it's the best candy. It's like it's the nerds rope except in little bite sized pieces. Okay. No, I we used to have a pet rabbit 
named Claude. He was like 70 pounds in college, and he liked nerds. He liked nerds and Cheetos. I can see why he was 70 pounds. <laughs> well, he was a, he was a good boy. Uh, so the pirate there weighing in, and yeah, anytime he's like, yeah, they've got gummies in, in Europe. <laughs> This is what I was laughing about. Let's uh, get back a little bit to, to some football football. And uh, the Pirate is uh, in on Wednesday. So when we talk about preparation and, and Purdue's offense, uh, Nebraska will hunker down a little bit more here from, from, from Coach Frost. And pressure moments, right, Elijah? Those are, are going to determine Nebraska these, these next four games. They've really told the story about the, the the first eight games and the pressure moments have been uh, on the wrong side for Nebraska football either making a kick or covering a kick or holding on to the football or executing a two-minute drill or getting a stop or missing a tackle I mean you go down the list of 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 things that that add up to, to losses and more from Scott Frost with what he's tried to do and you do the best you can. It, it comes down to having success in game, clearly. But he's trying to put him in more, uh, you know, sudden change, uh, it, adventurous and uh, stressful situations. More from Coach earlier. I put him in a lot of situations Wednesday with simulating the game online just to try to help them experience that even more. Not that we haven't done that before, but just continue to try to put them in competitive situations. This one matters. Can we count on you when it counts? We did a lot of really good things. We did a couple dumb things, and um, I wasn't happy about it. Uh, so there's there's a time and a place for that. And uh, certain cer- certain coaches we have on staff are better at hitting the mad button than others. Uh, but uh, they're getting they're getting the players to play hard. Uh, this team believes how good they are, and we got another really good opponent coming in here, so we get another chance. So that, that mad button, and, and Coach was really funny earlier today about sometimes I want to hit the mad button in here. Uh, last thought from Frost uh, when it comes to, to taking that next step, and you can prepare them, but ultimately it's it's going to come down to, to Adrian, and it shouldn't all be on him. But again, if it's going to get done, Adrian's going to be the one that gets it done. Last thought here from Frost here on taking that next step. Human beings are habitual, and... Uh, when you're used to winning, I think winning comes a little easier. When you're not there yet, I think it's a little harder. And maybe you're waiting on it to happen instead of making it happen. And um, I do think that that little bit of extra confidence or just knowing it's going to happen rather than hoping um, could probably take us the next step. So um, we're trying to be as psychological with the guys as we can. But uh, they believe how good a team they are. Uh, now it's just a matter of making the play when it counts and when it matters the most. Cue up Charlie Murphy, habitual line stepper, right? Time for Nebraska to get over that three-inch line, that goal line, or that fourth and short line uh, somewhere on the field. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity continues. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is uh, in uh, Junior's lair, is what we're going to call this. Uh, back in studio for me Thursday. Thank the good Lord. 
Big thanks to Elijah and uh, Willie J and Connor for making this thing go. And we're back at the Single Barrel on Friday for another Roadshow Friday. Myself, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. So excited for that. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Are you refreshed after the bye week? You heard the team is. Are you, as a Nebraska fan, ready for this stretch run? 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can it will reduce risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, Elijah, you would have commanded what for a 600th uh, touchdown pass football? Mike Evans, sideline, pure hilarity. Oops, I gave it to a fan. So, Tampa, Tampa dude has to go to the front row and uh, check in with longtime Bucks fan, and uh, this guy's name's Byron Kennedy. He received a replacement ball, a signed jersey, and a grand worth of uh, team store opportunity. Uh, so that seems uh, a little low, doesn't it? I would have. I, I know this football would have fetched half a million. Possibly on the auction block, as much as almost a million dollars on the auction block. Money's incredible, don't get me wrong. But if it's something that personal and cherished, and it's one of one. If there's only one guy who's thrown 600 career touchdown passes and it's Tom Brady, you should be able to to bargain higher. But ultimately, I would have given it back. Oh, yeah, I'm with you 100%. Ultimately, I'd give it back, but the price would have to be Don't right. Don't hose me yeah, on, yeah, on, exactly. on the negotiation. Well, $1,000 <laughs> of, of credit to the Buckingham's, what is that? like? I mean, the dude's sitting on the think sideline. About, think about or, that. You can, you can get a home-and-away, like, sewer Levante or Tom jersey, right? I would have parlayed this into having a, 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 a crown and coke with, with Coach B.A. at his favorite tailgate spot outside the stadium. Get me a suite for... Uh, uh, the upcoming game uh, on on Sunday night football. Let's let's let's. Not that the front row wasn't incredible, and not the weather's not incredible in Tampa, but you know, a, a G in team gear, yay! <laughs> You're gonna drop a G in booze, in seats, and uh, in food, and in and in 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 gear, right? I mean, think about that. A, a grand won't cover a family of three going if you're in those seats. And, and that's what you got for the six on the career touchdown pass? You know, give me, like, season tickets for the next – a pair of season tickets for the next 10 years. We'll call it even. And and then uh, maybe – It's going to be really bad when all these guys go away. And, and then whenever they display the football somewhere, make sure my name is in fine print on the plaque saying this is – provided by the generosity of Elijah Herbal who decided to give the football back. Like I need the picture of me handing it back to Brady. <laughs> there it is. Put that in Canton. <laughs> right. I, you know what? I got into the Hall of Fame today. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're and if you're Mike Evans, brother, you're chipping in on this. <laughs> you're absolutely chipping in on this. Well, Tom Brady said he's going to do something nice for this guy. I mean, what, what do you think that's going to be like? I mean, put me on the, uh, the the next Super Bowl celebration. Let me get on the boat. Let me catch the yes. trophy over the water. At, let, I, forget the boat. Let's do tequila shots with Tom. Let's, yes. Let's get the tequila going. Uh, Coach McBride's next hour, too, with Hale Varsity Radio.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll check in with the good doctor, uh, Dr. Petey, here in a little while. Derek uh, Peterson uh, going to be with us from Hale Varsity. It is that time. It's a Monday, and a Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Coach, how was the weekend? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just uh, sitting here in the worst weather we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, big storms and wind, and but we sit in here and you know, getting getting ourselves ready for winter. I I bet you're hunkering down. So when it gets stormy outside, do you put a a, a pot of chili in the crock pot? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, we didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> not not yet is the answer. Not yet's the answer. Well, uh, interested to get your thoughts here. The, the the final four will start with Purdue, Coach. As Nebraska gears up, what um, what's your feel for this football team after Minnesota? They get time off. They get a chance to recalibrate. And you, you got a uh, potentially dangerous offense and a bunch of angry pass rushers on defense coming to Lincoln Saturday. Well, I, I I know I watched them play a little bit, and uh, they've got some pretty good pressure off the edge. I know, uh, uh, and they, I think their quarterback and the, and Bell, of course, are pretty well coordinated together, and they're they're dangerous. I mean, no matter what you do, uh, you know, you get a couple of guys like that. Sometimes it takes a little bit of double covering, and I I don't know that they they'll do that, but. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a matter of, you know, getting, you know, the biggest thing in a game like this is to get pressure on the guy and uh, get him to make some bad throws or at least have to throw the ball, you know, like like he doesn't want to. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that, that's probably one of the big things. I mean, you see that every day in the NFL. If you get pressure on a guy, it just wears him out after a while. And, um but I think you know the important thing is 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 uh, you know that they haven't they haven't showed a great running game, but you do still have to make them one dimensional and and uh, stop the run. And and once you do that, then the guys have a better chance because they can you know get their tails in the air and start flying instead of you know playing the run every every play. Um, but again, uh, you know, it's, I don't know them well enough to know that, you know, I, I, I assume that they, they beat Iowa, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, <clears throat> at home, which nobody does. <laughs> so that's, that's a, you know, something to their credit. I mean, it's, uh, uh, at least I thought it was at, at you know, at Iowa and, and Iowa's tough to beat at home. So, you know, they, they've got a good team. I think that they probably wish they had a little better defensively. I think, you know, uh, 
I know. I I had a chance to hear the coach after uh, one of the games, and <clears throat> I know he was talking about, you know, they were uh, not quite there yet at all. Uh, you know, it's been a slow process this year for him, and uh, so you know that 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 goes with about everybody. I mean, you know, it takes time. I mean, you look at schools like Wisconsin and. You know they're just starting to go, and they're you know they're going to be tough, and so the back the the, the end of the season is going to be uh, you know it's it's going to be a, a a bowl game every game. I mean you're going to have to play lights out in every game, and uh, you know we'll see what they're made of. That's that's how you find out about yourself, you know, in this. Charlie McBride's with us on ALVAR City Radio on Monday with Charlie. You're right on, Coach. It's it's a, 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 an impressive finish opportunity for Nebraska, and I'm interested here. You know, what can you do either to scheme or what do you tell your kids to, to get pressure? that There was minimal to, to zero pressure uh, against Minnesota. Nebraska's picked their spots. Uh, with a lot of great effort at different times against some heavyweight opponents this year. And quite honestly, surprised me a little bit with their pass rush in a good way, but it's not been consistent and they don't have that, that one guy. But as a group, you can you can get it going. Have you seen the pass rush get better, or where are you at with that element of the defense? Well, you know, it's still, it's still the, the point where you're, you know, I, I, I don't know – you know, if they have any schemes where they widen their their outside guys and come with them just on, on a normal basis, you know, I'm not sure I've seen that. Um, a couple of times I've seen them lined up, but I think you know once you once you have guys with some speed, I mean, real good speed, you can run by some tackles. I mean, you can get up the field and and go. And um, it 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 just seems like we're back, we're packed in a little bit tight at times but we still have good pressure from the corners when we get what you know when we get um you know guys are our nickel backs running you know and doing stuff like that uh you know they they've been really successful with that but they're going to be prepared for that kind of stuff and uh you know they'll go and, and and they'll work hard on the things that have been successful uh, in the pass rush and all the different stunts, so you you probably made it. You know, over the time, you need probably need to make a few changes in your in, not so much in the coverage, but in in the in change of the guys doing things up front. Um, you know, and work on some of the stuff that you know they've been. That the looper has been a little late coming around sometimes because he's going too wide. And so they got to tighten that down. He's got to get his shoulders squared up the field instead of We used to call it a funnel effect. If you had a guy slanting in and a guy looping around, you can see that the guy looping around has got to get around the corner and get square up. If he keeps going, then guys can just push you out of the way and you split the, you split the, the stunt sometimes. And uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's got to be. You know, some disguising. It's got to be some fooling of the linebackers sometimes, where you're where they think. Because if you haven't done a lot of this stuff, sometimes you can make a quarterback nervous, because he doesn't know. 
Um, they're always changing plays, at, you know, at the line of scrimmage uh, when when they stop and they look. And I don't know if Purdue does that exactly, but uh, they may do it. They may you may find out they don't do it in their passing game, but they do do it in their running game. And uh, <clears throat> you know, if you can pick up on that, that's a little that's a little thing you can keep an eye on. But once they change. Um, you know, they set to change their play, and then sometimes you can move your defense. Um, you know, and and if the linebackers at, at understand their responsibilities, because once once uh, you set the thing, it's it, the linebackers kind of know what their responsibilities. Then you move people, that kind of changes them a little bit. So you have to be sure you're working on that stuff in practice, and because you can get gashed if you. Uh, in the running game uh, with that. But a lot of times the passing game is try to find out who their weak sister is and, uh, <laughs> you know, really work on them. Coach, uh, Coach Frost talked about hitting the mad button today, and there was only a couple of practices last week, and, and there was some sudden change, high-stress, high-pressure situations where he kind of intimated that, that he got on the guys for for, for not executing. Mm-hmm. You were known to, to hit the mad button a couple of times, weren't you? And when you did, did it have the desired effect? Did it, did it get guys kind of locked back in? Yeah, I think that uh, the one thing is, is I think they all understand. They're old enough now, to, and they've gone through the season enough to know all the things that they've done right and the things that they've done wrong, and and you can rest assured the things they've done right, you know, they'll remember. I mean, and the things they did wrong, they just need to be sure that they don't don't happen again. Um, You know, and I I think sometimes, you know, there's going to be a hold and there's going to be, you know, you know, as long as you're not doing it, you know, and making a thing. I mean, sometimes it just happens, and then – you know, illegal procedure is something that you just have to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. You should never on defense. You should never be offside. You should see the ball with your peripheral vision. Don't even listen to the sounds. Don't even don't even try to time something up, because a lot of times if they change it and at a critical time, they'll change their count and stuff like that, and and you end up jumping offside. So. You know, and the other thing I noticed is we got to, as soon as that center puts his hand on the ball, you better get ready to roll. You can't be sticking your nose around, look like a turtle. And um, you got to get ready to play and get your motor running. So, you know, that's that's something I think that is kind of a simple thing, but, you know, it's it's something that you better, you better, you better be ready. You better be ready to go because each play is, is going to mean something. And it could mean the game. So, you know, that's why I say a lot of guys say, well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not chase that. I'm not going to go downfield and chase the guy that caught the ball. Why should I run down there? Well, that's about the time he fumbles it and you, you say to yourself, man, if I was if I was down there, I might have been able to recover the fumble or, I, you know, or whatever. And so there's always an award if you hustle. And there's always going to be something good happen to you. It may not happen this game, but it may happen the next game or the next one after that. 
But if you keep going, it may mean everything. And and those are the things you have to understand as a player that, you know, you can't just take a nap on a couple of plays and, and expect to be good. And, uh, you know, the same thing with pass blocking and stuff like that. Uh, you, you've got to really get your feet. You've got to stay down. You've got to get your feet. You've got to use your hands and arms and, you know, get the extended, get separation from them so they can't start grabbing your shirts and stuff like that. Coach, so there's, a, there's a whole bunch of little things, you know, you can, mm-hmm. you know, think about when you're sitting around and, you know, that that's really important. And, and I'm sure the coaches have talked to you about all of those things. Coach Charlie McBride is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Coach, when you're talking about hitting that mad button whenever something goes wrong, is there a, a right and a wrong time for it? I mean, we've seen previous coaches at Nebraska. It seemed like Bo Pelini loved to hit his mad button. And then I don't think I ever saw Mike Riley hit his mad button. So is there a, a happy balance, a right and a wrong time, in your opinion, to, to, to decide to, to go ballistic on your guys? Well, it's easier. It really is easier to hit the mad button on defense. I mean, you know, you can you you can really get get cranked up. You know, I mean, to really get, get after it. But offensively, you got to be a little careful. Uh, you know, I think it's important that where you get yourself ready to play is is kind of you thinking about it off the field and thinking about some of the things you want to do and you know and uh, a lot of times you know just close your eyes and visualize yourself doing it. And uh, you know, those things are like practicing on the field. You'd be surprised. The quicker you get things in your subconscious where you do things, the better you're going to be. I mean, that's like double practice if you really can, you know, we used to call it mental visualization or something like that, I guess. You know, but we used a lot of, a lot of it and encouraged a lot of it. You know, just when you're sitting there studying or something, you would take a rest to sit and think about something you want to do or improve in if it's just step with your foot one with your left foot or your right foot or whatever it is um you know but you've got to see it in the first person you've got to really visualize what it, you know you got to visualize the crowd you got to visualize the person and a lot of times you know the number of the guy you're playing against and those are important coach real quick uh, about a minute and a half charlie mcbride with this uh, interested to, to get your take on this team between the years. Do you work? Do you worry about this team uh, mentally moving forward, just because of how how tight the schedule is and what needs to happen for postseason? Well, I, I think one of the things is is both both sides of the ball. I think if their their one thing is is that they're going to do their job and the, the offense is going to you know, move the ball for the defense and not be three and out and these kind of things like that mm-hmm. and make mistakes and do things to put the defense on the field and wear, wear them out. Because when you have a passing team, uh, you better have some rest. I mean, you better have some guys alternating and you're going to have to have some things going there. Uh, you know, so it's important that, you know, that you, you know, you, you're, you're just have to be careful what you're doing. Uh, but I think the players themselves, you know, you're responsible for each other, and and that's that's a big thing. I think the defense, they gotta, you know, they gotta talk three and out all the time, and you know, and and get the ball for them. Get we we want to get more plays than they run, not you know, not vice mm-hmm. versa. 
And, uh, you know, those are those are things that, you know, that I think are important just in your, you know, as coaches are coaching them, that they all talk about what they have to do for the other uh, for the other people. And, um, you know, and, and, and the responsibilities that they have. Charlie McBride with us, Hale Varsity Radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coach, we'll talk to you next Monday as we get ready for uh, Ohio State in a week. Thanks for spending uh, a Monday with us. Okay. Glad to do it. <laughs> I'll talk, talk to you next week, and go Huskers. All right, Coach. Take care. Okay. okay. Bye now. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Uh, Good stuff from Charlie McBride. That'll be posted. The ESPN Lincoln on demand, ESPNLincoln.com. Also, two-minute drill on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle. Good stuff from Jay Moore and his roommate, uh, Bengals coach Zach Taylor, in hour one. We welcome in the good doctor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Got to read his Monday columns. Derek Peterson with us. Dr. PD at Dr. PDHV's on Twitter where you find him. Derek, what's a good word? How's the Windy City, brother? Hey, man. It is windy and it's cold, uh, but it's flannel and hoodie weather, um, so I can't complain unless it's a Sunday and I have to watch the Bears. Yeah, that was uh, that was no good. I felt bad for for fields i mean it was just turnover city man with picks and fumbles and fumbles and picks and you are in the uh the, the michael jordan capital of the world your reaction to uh some game worn sneakers uh air jordans uh from 85 selling for 1.472 million dollars shatters the record of the most expensive game worn footwear it was just over 600k uh, if you would have won the Nebraska lottery lottery, would you have went in on this? Oh yeah, yeah. But it, it doesn't surprise me because that's like sneaker game has been commodified so much. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean to have to have a a piece of history like that, particularly an '85 pair. Oh yeah, absolutely. It'd be if you had that kind of disposable income, which I'm assuming the person that bought it had this kind of disposable income. Like, why not? Right? Like. Second greatest player of all time. Hold on, you just you, you just threw a hand grenade at me. He said second. Yeah, I just wanted to see what the reaction would be. <laughs> yeah, make, we, make, there, make, them, make them make them one A and one B. There's and, been uh, I'm, I'm just day. slamming the air brakes right now. Uh, right now. Uh, hey, no well, di- no disagreement here. You're just arguing with the old man in the room, Derek. The old man in my kid's basement. Yeah, that sounds really, really healthy. Uh, let's uh, let's talk some football here. Another day. We will fight this battle another day during summer uh, with second or first greatest player ever. So, Derek, really awesome column. I, I want to get your, your thoughts on how you've kind of ballparked Nebraska this season and you know, progress has, has been there, and, you know, Nebraska's gone, and we were kind of talking mile markers, right, from Illinois to, to the Oklahoma game, from Oklahoma to the Michigan, and then Purdue's in front of us, and then you're going to have Ohio State to start November, so you'll have a month between what you did against Michigan, which you almost did against Michigan, and, and Ohio State coming to town. And, you know, how have you been able to size up 
progress versus results versus the wins, uh, the the losses and the way they've lost and who Nebraska's lost to has been frustrating uh, in a sense as they were favorites in some of these games that may come back to bite them. On the other hand, you know, not a lot of folks gave Nebraska a chance in Norman or even in, you know the way Michigan State's unfolded and then to bounce back like they did against Michigan State. How uh, how interesting has this been for you to kind of parse through and and put a label on, is this a good team? Is this a misguided team? How have you been able to sift through what, what we're trying to define this 2021 team as? Yeah, I think through the first like month of the season, first four, four or five games of the season, um, you, you looked at a team and, and were like, hey, you know, these guys are, are getting better. The first loss against Illinois, that was the inexcusable loss. I didn't subscribe to the notion that losing to Minnesota, when they're coming off a bye week and you're a week before a bye week after you know playing seven straight weeks coming into that game, I didn't, I didn't think that that was an inexcusable loss. If you look at Bill Conley's S&P Plus rankings, um, and, and I put a lot of weight into what Bill Conley's model says and what Bill Conley says, um, that that spread on a neutral field would be 0.1 points. It's, a, it's, a, it's as close to a toss-up as you could get. Um, and so, like, you know, I, as I've thought about Nebraska um, over the course of this season, I don't see, since the Illinois game, I haven't seen a ton of inexcusable losses or a ton of, like, um, you know, like there's no Illinois – 2020 there's no like Purdue 2018 um games you know I didn't I didn't I just didn't I I didn't go there with the I didn't I I didn't feel that way with with the Minnesota game um a week ago or whenever that was um you know you you get through Oklahoma and I'm thinking like you know what like it's the same thing that keeps plaguing this team the offensive line can't protect Adrian you know what's Let's, let's have a bigger discussion about what's going on here and, and what needs to be changed to fix what's going on here. And then you get to Michigan State and everything happens and he's planting that happens. And then you get the Northwestern game. I think the, the sequence was just completely pounding Northwestern. The way the game started in particular, um, you know, Nebraska got a ton of confidence right off the jump and then you could just feel them grow into that moment. Um, and, and it kind of reinforce some of the things Frost has been talking about. Now, again, it was a bad Northwestern team, but then you go into the Michigan game, and I think Michigan's a good team, mm-hmm. and Nebraska holds holds its own with Michigan, um, and, and they're right there. And, and I wrote after that game, I wrote in my column, I, I was like, you know what? I think the hardest part of this right now is the fact that the guy, the answer that you're looking for at, at the head coaching position is on the sideline right now for Nebraska, and so the hardest part is just you're gonna. You're just gonna have to wait for some of these, these really, really painful losses to start flipping the other way, and you just don't know how much longer you're gonna have to wait. But if you, you know, good things come to those who wait, right? That's the the thing that our parents told us all the time when we were kids. Um, and then you get the Minnesota game, and and it makes it even more painful, and people are starting to question, you know, like, okay, well, was everything else a fluke? I, I think there's a there's a. Um, I think there's an underplaying of Minnesota's team this season. And I get that they lost to Bowling Green, but I don't think they're a terrible team to the point where losing to them suddenly, you know, 
undoes all of the progress that Nebraska had made over the, the weeks leading up to the game. Now, the, the big question with this team is because they've been so like wishy-washy and, and frost tenure is what do the last four games look like? Purdue is one conversation. Ohio State is, is really the big one, which you kind of talked about when you were talking about like levels of the season. Like Ohio State is the big one. You haven't been competitive with those guys except for one game in 2018 when you caught a bad Ohio State defense. Yeah. Um, so like if if Nebraska is competitive and not just competitive, but you know this team wants to fight. This team clearly cares about the guy on that's, that's coaching them. Um, I think that'll say a lot. I think they're capable of it because I still think that this is a good football team. I think it's it's got a, a good defense and a good quarterback. The problem all season has been a, a, a below average offensive line. Um, but you know if, if Nebraska is is competitive against Ohio State then, you know, that's something that, that they haven't been for the last three years. And so that's a sign in and of itself of progress. And so I think, you know, the thing that I wrote in my column was like at this point in the season, I think if you're evaluating based off of wins and losses, you know, as, as uh, crappy as it is to say in a year four, you know, you, you kind of just have to throw that out the window at this point and say like, well, what does the team look like in the last four games? Because that'll tell you where this thing is, is trending. Derek Peterson's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, the progress of this Husker football team has been undeniable, uh, at least from the eye test. Uh, there's no Gallup poll out there, but uh, with, uh, with my finger on the pulse of Husker Nation, it feels like the approval rating for Scott Frost has been going up as the year goes on. The question that's been dividing Husker fans has been the play of Adrian Martinez. Uh, there's a, a strong camp of people that say uh, he's the best chance Nebraska has to win, and there's another camp who, who makes uh, the argument that whenever the, the light shine brightest, whenever he needs to make a play, he hasn't been able to step up and both of those arguments can be true but I want to get your take on, on where you stand in the argument of uh, Adrian Martinez's play this season well I think I think they're both true um, I think both both camps have a lot of facts to back up what they're saying because you know I, I did the piece earlier in the year where I looked at Nebraska's um, possessions with the game on the line virtually in the last three minutes of the game and they've they've I, I think um, at this point in the season, they've had close to 20 possessions in the, in the Frost tenure um, with, with a chance to, to, uh, to score, to tie, or take the lead in the last four minutes of the game. I think they've had close to 20 possessions and only scored on one of them, and, and that was Noah Vedral um, leading the, uh, that late field goal against Northwestern a couple of years ago. So, like, you look at what has happened, and there are, you know, there are different reasons Nebraska has blown those opportunities, but Adrian Martinez has kind of been at the controls for those opportunities, and he, you know, he hasn't gotten it done. And I think that's that's sort of the piece with Adrian is you're you're in games because of Adrian Martinez, and he hasn't been able to to make that kind of career defining play at the end of a game. Um, he keeps kind of coming up short in those moments, and so you're like, well. What, what do we have here? Like, what, what is this? I, I think if Nebraska had a better offensive line, um, and that's kind of the thing that I keep coming back to, I think it would look a little bit better. But I do think that Adrian gives them the best chance to win, obviously. Um, statistically, when you look at some of the, the advanced stuff, he is up there with the top quarterbacks in the country in terms of, of what he's done this season. Um, and, you know, you put them on – you put them on tape and you start looking at it and you say, well, like Adrian is, is making plays when no one else around him is, is, is doing 
doing anything for him. Um, and, and there are there are stretches of the game where he just he keeps them around just because of his singular talent. Um, you know, so it's just it's it's it's, it's this is what makes this so hard. This conversation so hard is is like players are are playing well and in Adrian's case improving because you wanted to see the turnovers come down, which they have. Um, but they're still not getting the result at the end. So, like, is that is that because Adrian fumbles, you know, as as forward progress is about to be stopped, and there's like a second between, you know, the play being dead and him fumbling the ball, and then the game is over. Like, is like what what causes that? Um, and so, like, with you know, with with the quarterback discussion, you know, that I think that's like I said, both sides <laughs> kind of. And got facts to back up what they're saying, uh, but I, I still think Adrian's a good quarterback. I think he's he's been underappreciated in, in his time here. Um, but you know, it, you can't you can't sugarcoat and, and say that you know he he has been perfect. Derek Peterson's with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Doctor PDHV on Twitter. The Varsity Club podcast. Catch that every week. Drops Friday. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the Herd at Media platform. Doctor, we'll uh, check in with you here in the near future. And uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate what you, you do work-wise and, of course, always taking time for us, man. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Thanks. All right, there he is, the good doctor, Dr. Petey. Some thoughts from the mayor, Hoiberg and Husker Hoops on the horizon next. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on AFR City Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. Good stuff from Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey from Hale Varsity. We'll get that full interview posted as we talk about Adrian uh, wins and uh, progress and, and trying to carve out the, the progress in relationship to the win total and can log on HaleVarsity.com and be sure to check out Derek's Monday columns in the Varsity Club podcast. Uh, we've got a couple emails. Greg and Kent will get some thoughts from them in a moment. Uh, when it comes to uh, Adrian here, uh, a lot of time uh, at the podium today for, for Adrian. Let's hear cut nine, uh, Elijah, here on on Adrian himself talking about, you know, what what percentage was he and it well, we knew it wasn't close to one hundred percent. I definitely wasn't one hundred percent, but you rarely are in football, right? So there's no excuse to not play at the level that I'm accustomed to playing and want to play at. Um, I did feel like I, I wasn't as dynamic as a runner going into that game, but still was able to do the things I wanted to do. If I felt like I couldn't, I wouldn't have played. So um, there's no excuse there. And additionally, the bye week was very helpful i think for everyone not only physically but mentally um, maybe take a little bit of a break and get ready for this last four weeks so got an email from kent uh when we're talking about about adrian here and kent's a uh, big time nebraska fan he emails uh, quite a bit to the show and uh, his thought is this look the whole can't protect adrian excuse making is a closed narrative it's got to stop uh, Wells just got popped, and he's talking about Colorado's O-line coach. And in Kent's estimation, and you can email Chris at com. he thinks Adrian's a panicker 
in close games or versus good teams. So, uh, Kent's like, look, Nebraska could be up 21 nothing on Michigan. They come back, and there'd be something that went sideways uh, that would allow the opponent to narrow the gap. Kent does concede that the O-line's not outstanding, but it's not terrible. It's average. Uh, it's become the scapegoat, though, is, is in, in Kent's eyes. Adrian scrambles regardless, blocked well or poorly, not like uh, kind of like what Tommy Armstrong did. And the thing that's, that's tough here is the thing is there's not a better option behind Adrian. Uh, uh, there are some folks who think going to the, the portals, the answer, that's a Hail Mary, mainly because of the poor development and lack of foresight or vision. Uh, you have Adrian back. Maybe you're you're five and seven or seven and five. Maybe that's the question, Elijah, isn't it? And we'll get to Adrian in one second here on his future. We can talk about about 2021, and I'm interested to see how the four close. I'm I'm interested to see your your responses, Nebraska, on Saturday. You know how how pound for pound do you go with Ohio State? What do you look like in a in a in a game set this Saturday and next? And then can you muster up and figure out a way to get to postseason? I think it'd be remarkable. I think it'd be energetic. I think it'd be that uh, that proof of, of progress finally in the win column versus what you just see uh, with your own eyes. To your point, the eye test. You've seen the eye test of progress, but you've not seen the let's hold on to it. It's it's a win. It's not one in four in Big Ten play. It's not last in the West. Uh, but it's been a while since you've seen on-field competitiveness. And while that isn't wins, it's better than the alternative. But in, in year four, you're hoping for a larger jump, more progress uh, with this team, with this setup. But the bigger picture is, all right, if they barely miss a bowl game now with a bunch of super seniors and a good defense, what do you what do you look like next year? And is it going to be any better next year with the same quarterback, the same system, the same assistants, the same scheme? And that's a, that's a big picture discussion topic. Well, I, I mean, I think the the question for Husker fans out there is, especially regarding Adrian, is going to the portal is not some magic wand that's going to fix your quarterback problems. Think about the people that are going to be going into the portal. Uh, that's guys that are not getting the playtime they think they deserve elsewhere. There's a reason they're not getting playtime. I mean, one of the bigger names in the transfer portal at the quarterback position this offseason is looking like it's going to be Spencer Rattler. Uh, it's still up is in the air. Is he going to change or will he change your team, right? Is he going to be the same selfish puke that his teammates want to code red or is he a guy that's going to actually grow up and, and realize I've got to I've got to go re-win a spot somewhere. And, you just never know. And, and this is the thing with Adrian, is you know what you have in Adrian Martinez. You have a guy who is, uh, when he has help around him, he tends to make the correct plays. Uh, he tightens up in, in tough spots, yes, but he's a good teammate. He's a good leader. And uh, I, I think Husker Nation, I, I don't want to say he's crazy uh, for thinking that uh, another quarterback could come in here to do better, because there are a whole bunch of quarterbacks that could probably come in here and do just as well or better than Adrian. But the question is, is who is going to be available this offseason? That's what you have to ask yourself. Uh, and there's a, a can you upgrade? Can you upgrade? That's that's the question here. And the answer, most likely, no. There's not many Joe Burrows in the transfer portal. That's why the Joe Burrow story was so uh, remarkable. Let's hear from Adrian here when it comes to this team's urgency and uh, what they want to do to close out. 
you need to always have a sense of urgency. Uh, and we haven't lost that. We've had that at the beginning of the year, and we have it right now. Um, there's a sense of patience when it comes to where this program is and where we know we can be, where we want to be, um, and having confidence in that. Um, the urgency can't stop, and it won't stop. We obviously need this win, and it's a huge game for us. Last time from Adrian uh, when it comes to uh, his timeline for a decision to return. I can see it going either way. If he wants to go shopping and grad transfer, totally get it. Totally get it. If he comes back for a 400th season, man, uh, is it going to be better? Is it going to be cleaner? Is it going to be crisper? Is it going to be more clutch? Uh, and a lot of that has to do with some, some help around him. I agree with Kent. The O-line does get scapegoated. And it, it's a two-way street, Elijah. You know this from blocking for as many years as you did. There, there's situations where the quarterback gets yippy because he thinks he's going to get murdered. And then there's times where he holds on to it because he thinks he's got a clean pocket and he gets smoked and there's a fumble, right? Uh, I'm interested to to figure out that, that happy medium where, all right, you saw time in the second half and the th- second quarter against Oklahoma where Adrian had time to step and throw, and, and you saw a good ball game. Uh, you saw time against Michigan State. Last thought here from Adrian. Oh, 100% that's after the season. Um, there are too many things that are way more important than that right now. So it's going to be a while. Um, that's that's Adrian saying, look, it's not not time right now to – to make a decision on on my future, there's Purdue, there's Ohio State, there's whiskey, there's there's Iowa. Do you think? What's your sense here, Elijah? I I look at Adrian, and I think if if he can kind of go out the right way, that might help bring him back. But if he's given everything, every ounce of his soul, which I believe he has, and it still isn't good enough, maybe maybe it is time for a change of scenery for his own benefit well i was talking to the producer of his podcast trying to get a read on what adrian was going to do this offseason i got nothing i was trying to get the inside scoop and i I came up empty-handed so that's all i got you're all right we'll hear from the mayor more uh, husker basketball thoughts as they get ready for the upcoming exhibition game uh, coming up midweek miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time on a monday with hail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery chris schmidt elijah herbal and uh, Greg from Michigan chimes in. Welcome back. Thank you, Greg. Can't uh, get myself to believe Big Red is going to be any different these last four games than what we've seen the last four years. Then more Monday excuses. Wish I could. GBR. Greg, someday it'll break right for you, brother. And, and you want some Kool-Aid to drink? Nebraska, over the past three seasons under Frost, has seemingly gotten better in the past four games of the season. They, they've looked uh, bad at times. I mean, think back to Scott Frost's first year when they started out winless uh, to start the year, and then by the end of the year, they started putting together some wins. The, the Scott Frost teams tend to get better as the year goes on, at least during his time at Nebraska. So if you want some Kool-Aid to drink, there you go. Uh, Kevin emails in Adrian O'Line, special teams, play calling, all contribute to Nebraska. 
not making it happen in the red zone. We score in uh, red zone consistently early in games. It eliminates end-of-game blame on Adrian. Go, Adrian. Kevin from our uh, uh, streaming down in Texas, ESPNLincoln.com. Well, we'll uh, dive more into Purdue with Mitch Sherman tomorrow. We'll get Mitch's take on some Husker hoops as well. Uh, excited to, to run down Rick Pizzo, Big Ten buffet time. Uh, he was on the sidelines. Is is whiskey uh, 100 proof all of a sudden? And what's he make of Purdue and Nebraska? And then a Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski going to be with us and excited. Uh, we will get all your Halloween candy, spooky stories, and, oh, yeah, the, the trip to Kentucky with a cowbell. Uh, Mike Leach with us uh, midweek. That'll be a lot of fun. Let's talk expectations. It's been ongoing. This is the mayor, Coach Hoiberg, uh, and uh, what he is hoping for his squad. A lot of talent. You've got a lot of a lot of dudes on that roster. You got to find your rotation. You got you've got to hammer home role acceptance, which has been a problem with some previous teams and 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 playmakers. You've got a great list of of dudes and ball players and ingredients for Nebraska basketball. Let's make sure it tastes all right uh, in this 2021-2022 season. More from Coach Hoiberg. This year is important. You know, going into year three, I, I know that uh, we have expectations, which you want. You want expectations in this business. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we're hopefully we talk to our guys every day about it. And, you know, going out there and doing the right things, playing the right way, and, and hopefully putting ourselves in a position to do something that's never been done. Uh, here with Nebraska basketball. So, yeah, you want those expectations. You want that pressure. That's what this job's all about. You know, pressure and expectations. And, and I think you got a little gray area yet, Elijah, with, with this team. Now, how long are you going to have this access to talent? You're going to keep recruiting. You're going to keep trying to bring in dudes. But you've got some guys that have been part of the program. You've got some new faces. You've got the unveiling of McGowan's here, the first five star, and does that does that translate to competitiveness in a monster league? I think it can, but you know, are you in the same special hell that football's in, where you're close and but not quite <laughs> for, for basketball uh, because of, because of your squad? Good stuff today, Elijah. Thank you much. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.